This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, what a week. What a week in college football. I mean, we had a one-point contest between UCLA and BYU. Stanford, who looked horrible against Northwestern to begin the season, walks into Southern Cal and just slaps the Trojans upside the head. And then we have Old Miss bobbling a snap, throwing a ball that bops up into the air and then gets caught like we were in Madden and run, ran in for a touchdown. I couldn't believe it. There was it. just three of them. There were more of examples of this, though. I, I, I was just in complete shock as, well, you that, were watching as, that, that game. as that play happened. You were watching that Bama Old Miss game. Oh, you, I was, you bet I while was. While I was watching BYU-UCLA at the time. No one cares. Turned out to be a good game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but 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 you should have been watching Ole Miss and Alabama. That game was, that game was, was exciting, exhilarating, yet frustrating. At the same time. Well, for you, because you're a Bama fan. Well, yeah, but I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Alabama Alabama looked bad. They, they didn't look that great. I do mean, they we, had a little comeback in them, but they didn't look that great. Do we know why Alabama didn't start Coker? Do we know why? I'm not sure. In that game? Because when I saw he wasn't starting, I immediately said to myself, like, is he hurt? Is that why? I haven't heard a story on it yet. Um, I don't know if they thought maybe they'd try and go mm-hmm. with someone else just to see, but clearly they saw. Because I think I think it was on one of our videos. We had, I think it was between me and one of our viewers on YouTube, the CM Truth is his name. We had a little conversation on his picks because he, he nailed it this week. I think he only had one wrong, way better than both me and you did, even though you did better than me of this course. week on picks. I'm just, the one thing he said was Alabama lost the game as soon as they didn't start Coker. And I kind of agree with them. They put Coker in, it's a different game. Well, see, you know, Jay Coker didn't have his best night. He did not have his best night. I will be completely honest about that. But I think that, especially in college football, you know, these guys, you want to get them into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It keeps their... It keeps up the the momentum. It keeps up their. I'm trying to think of the word right now. They they have a positive mentality. The going forward. I mean, the confidence, all of it. You take that away from them, and all of a sudden, it's they're out of the groove. All this stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that you got to keep going with Coker. I mean, I don't think he's really given you any reason, full blown reason as to why not to go with Coker. So okay, before we get into. What mainly this, because we're going to be talking Alabama and USC all podcasts, so we're not going to change off of that, but the one thing I want to say before we get into the debate, because this is going to be a big debate podcast, is last week we had Alabama, number two in the nation, they fall all the way to 12 in the AP top 25. We have USC fall 13 spots All the way to 19. And just to give you guys a little bit of reference of what me and Brandon thought of these losses in our rankings, the MVP rankings, USC fell to 21 from number six. 
And then we had Alabama fall to number 10 from number two. The only difference with Alabama was I believe you had them at eight. I had them at 12, exactly where they were in the AP top 25. Because to me, we'll start with the Alabama Old Miss game. And I said this in our top 25 video for week four. I just believe that with Alabama, this game was over way before the final whistle. And the final score just, you look at that score and you say 43 to 37. Oh, that's a close game. But in reality, the game wasn't as close as the score indicated. That's what I think. That's why I had them fall so hard because Old Miss came out there and won. No, Ole Miss came out there. They fought and they played really well. I mean, the th- and then there's there were things that went their way. You know, there's going to be things that go like that catch. Yeah, I mean things like that that they just go um, a certain team's way sometimes, and you got to just fight through it if you're Alabama or whatever team's on the other side. But I think that Ricky, I'm going to agree with you with that. You know, when you don't start Coker at the start of the game, you know that is. I think, and then you put him. You're in already kind of dooming him. Yeah, I think you're already dooming yourself by not putting your your guy in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your guy. I mean, Coker on the season, 628 yards, five touchdowns, three picks, completion percentage over 50. percent I mean, I, I I think I think that's your guy, and I think that Alabama though, they have a better shot when you want to compare to USC. I think they have a better shot of climbing back into the top 10, into the top 5, than USC does going forward, just because of the play that they'll have. Stanford, I think Stanford surprised a lot of people. Well, they look, they looked so bad in that first game against Northwestern. Let, they not, came out and surprised a USC team that had been rolling. Let's not jump the gun. We're going to get to who has the better Ricky, chance. Ricky, I'm all about jumping the gun, and I know you are too, with, so settle down. With Old Miss, the last thing I want to say about this before we get into that is Alabama, five turnovers compared to zero by Old Miss. And Alabama even won the time of possession game. 35 minutes for Alabama, 24 for the Rebels. I got to tell you this. If I was Alabama and the special teams coach, I would have said, don't you dare touch the ball mm-hmm. on a kick return, on a punt return. Just let it go because that's where they had two or three of their turnovers. Whereas, I mean, the USC-Stanford game, that was oh, kind of the same thing where it was like, okay, with this one, it was the game was close throughout. It was just Stanford had their number. And I know that in the rushing game, Wright had all the touchdowns, but the Trojan defense had no answer for Christian McCaffrey. 26 carries, 115 yards, even had 37 yards in the pass game. They had no answer for McCaffrey. And then, I mean, you look at Kevin Hogan. This is a guy after week one, we were saying, well, we talk so much high praise about him and look at what he's done. And, and I mean, he goes out against Northwestern. Yeah, he throws for zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, one interception. Then, okay, UCF, he picks it up a little bit, 3-0 to zero touchdowns to INTs. Then against USC, this is a top-10 team, almost a top-5 team, two touchdowns, no INTs, 279 yards. Oh, yeah, and he completed almost 80% of his passes. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe how poor and porous 
the USC defense looked. I, I don't know if they they just came out weren't prepared. I don't know what was going on with this with this defense because they had looked good in the weeks before. Stanford came in not even ranked. I mean, well, Stanford was ranked preseason, but then they lost to oh, Northwestern, yeah, yeah. and now they weren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had come into the game against USC mm-hmm. not even ranked. So honestly, and I will eat my words as I did on the on the video that we did last week. I joked about it on yeah, the, in the video. Was, I'm glad we didn't pick it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, but I joked. I think about you even it. texted me, and you're like, "Do we pick that game?" Did we pick that oh, game? Oh, yeah. And I, I went, was, no, I'm like, we stayed away from it. I like, was oh, good. almost to be about to be so upset <laughs> if that happened and then looked like an idiot. But I, I still sounded like one because mm-hmm. now, because I was laughing about it, I saw that game for ABC and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the kind of crap they're putting on ABC. Turns out to be a good game and it goes in the way of the team that I didn't think mm-hmm. had a chance to win it. But I mean, you looking at the stat wise, you look at a guy like Cody Kessler and... He didn't really lose. Usually it's like, okay, quarterback lost in the game. You look at all the turnovers in the Bam for Alabama for the Old Miss game. Kessler had a good game too. 272 yards. A QBR of 93.5. Three touchdowns. No INTs. And, I mean, his favorite receiver, Juju Smith, 153 yards receiving. He had a touchdown on his own. You know what the Trojans were really missing on Saturday? You know what they were really missing, Brandon? A little boy that uh, me and you covered for one year when he was uh, doing his senior year in uh, Joliet, running the ball in a state championship game for over 500 yards and X amount of touchdowns. I don't remember how many he had. Ty Isaac. You remember that name? I do remember that name. Do you want to know what Ty Isaac did this week against? I know it was against UNLV for Michigan, but 114 yards and a touchdown for Ty Isaac. Could you imagine if he didn't transfer from the Trojans and he wasn't in Ann Arbor this week and he was playing for USC? USC would have won this game, would have been number two in the country. Everyone would be talking about the Trojans and how they're a playoff team. That's what would have happened. Well, I think people could still, and you will, I know, Talk about how the Trojans are a playoff team. They can come back, but so can Alabama. One, what we learned last year, and this is from Ohio State, one loss will not kill you. One loss in the season will not kill you. You can come back from that. One loss will not kill you. I think it also depends. One loss will not kill you depending on what team you are. What do you mean by that? By that I, By that I mean... Alabama, a team who is has always been looked at as prominent mm-hmm. in the SEC. I mean, this prominent team, the you know, just a bulldog. I mean, all this stuff. They're a top team all the time. They're looked at in people's minds as a top five team, no mm-hmm. matter what they what uh, rank they garner right now. They're a top five team in a lot of people's minds. On the other side, USC. Not so much, because USC, within the last couple of years, not as dominant as what Alabama's been. Yeah, but who... And, and I think Alabama has a bigger staple I'm gonna on throw them. Out, I'm going to throw out one comparison, is who last year was not talked up as high because they were in the quote-unquote conference that was the weakest in college football 
weakest of the power fives, I should say, and rode off from the beginning. Oh, no team, no teams from this conference are going to get into the college football playoff. We're going to have two from the SEC, one from the Pac-12, maybe Florida State from the ACC. That's what everyone said last year before last season. Then Ohio State, they come in. Yeah, they lose a game early. Everyone's like, see, look what we told you. The Big Ten's nothing. They run the gauntlet. They make the college football playoff. Not only do they make it, they win it on their third string, on the arm of their third string quarterback. That is the kind of place I think USC's in, especially when you say, oh, well, look at Alabama. Look at what they've done, the pedigree they have. They're the favorite. UCLA, or not UCLA, USC, not quite there. They're just like the Buckeyes of last year. Ricky, I don't know about that one. I, I can't ac- absolutely agree with you on that. USC, I just feel like, you know, look at who Alabama lost to. They lost to a number 15 Ole Miss team who Ole Miss has been talked up a lot this season. They were talked up mm-hmm. a lot in the offseason. They've been talked up a lot in these first couple of weeks. USC, they lost to a team in Stanford who I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to lose this game. I think this was a game that was on the radar at the beginning of the season. Stanford has its first game, done play well, they get to USC. I think people were expecting USC is going to run the tables with them, and they didn't do that. Here's the thing, though, and this is all going to be decided after, I believe it's week eight, when we get our first look at what the college football playoff committee will come out with their first rankings. I believe it's after week seven or week eight of the season. Here's the biggest difference. And this is the thing I'm putting in favor, like this category, if we're going certain categories of giving an advantage to either, either the tide or the Trojans, I'm giving this to the advantage Trojans. You look at Alabama's schedule, the only ranked opponents they have Georgia Texas A&M, LSU. Those are now must-win games. You have to win those games because if you beat ranked opponents, especially a team like Georgia that now may look like a top dog in the SEC, Texas A&M kind of flying in under the radar. LSU, they may have the 2000, uh, this year's Heisman winner, 2015 Heisman winner, and the number one pick, in the 2017 draft, because he's only a true sophomore in Leonard Fournette, you have those three ranked games. Arkansas, they're not really that good. Greg, I don't know what Brett Bielema is feeding them. I don't know what is going on down there. Tennessee's kind of a mid-ranked team. Mississippi State does not look like the same Mississippi State we saw last year. And Auburn already, we've seen that they are just not the same Tiger team. Maybe it's the curse of uh, Muschamp down there, but it's just a weaker schedule to me, and it's hard to say that with it being SEC. You look at what the Trojans have. They have possibly a top-five opponent in Notre Dame right now sitting at six. Could be a top-five team. If they win the next two games, will be a top-ten team when they meet at Notre Dame, then they'll have a ranked team in Utah, a ranked team in Arizona, 
a ranked team in Oregon and a ranked team in UCLA. To me, I'm putting the strength of schedule mainly because of all the ranked teams that they play in favor of the Trojans. And this being the down year of the SEC, that's why I'm doing this because it just seems like a down year for the SEC. Well, I guess, you know, this next week coming up for USC, I'm interested to see how they play against Arizona State. I feel like these two teams will make it a good ball game. Could be wrong, but I think Notre Dame will be a a, a big test. Right now, how Notre Dame's playing, I think think Notre Dame gets that win. Arizona State has the same—they should have the same mindset as Stanford had. We lost week one. We could have beaten the Aggies of Texas A&M. Let's redeem ourselves now. Let's kick the Trojans while they're down. If it's a home game for USC, I'm saying they come out strong. I'll be honest. I'm a little worried about this one. If they can get past the Sun Devils, I think they beat the Huskies handily. I don't even think that's a contest at home for them. That Notre Dame game, though, it's going to be a close game. They got to win that game. They have to. And, I mean, I kind of say they have to. Let's be honest. Both of these teams have to run the table now if they want to make the playoff. No two-loss team is getting into the college football playoff. When it was the BCS, the whole thing was, oh, one loss kills you. You got to run the table in college football. The computer will only love you if you run the table and go undefeated. Now that we have the committee, it's more of a, okay, well, these are actual people talking. Uh, This opponent was a little bit this and that, and there's more of a conversation going on. One loss will not kill you. I still think two would. Two losses would kill you. I don't see a two-loss team being in the college football playoff. I don't think you're giving Alabama enough credit in their schedule, though. I really don't. Oh, I'm not saying anything against Alabama. I think that there's a good chance they they could run the table. But they both have tough roads. What I'm saying is that Alabama, I think, will do well, Well, even with a, a schedule that I think will be tough. They have UL Monroe coming up this next week, so... They should be able to handle them well. Then they'll have Georgia on the road at Georgia. That will be a big test for them. If they lose that game, though, I mean, if they lose one of the ranked games, eh, okay, they may like be on the outside. What I'm saying is the wins against Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Auburn, yeah, those last two may change because we still got a lot of football. Those teams may come back up into the rankings. Mississippi State already is. No, they're not in the rankings. They're not in the top twenty-five. No, they didn't crack top. No, they didn't. They didn't I'm get to the, the, to the AP top twenty-five. Nope, they received. They didn't get the twenty-fifth. Nope, Missouri did. Mississippi State would have been twenty-six with oh, fifty-two. That is bull. In eight in the AP, Missouri they got, won what nine to six. Yep, Missouri got a hundred and thirty-five points. Mississippi State got fifty-two. Mississippi State would be twenty-sixth in. The rankings. Yeah, well, I don't agree with that, so I'm going to just hey, say Mississippi State's 25 But in if my we're rank. looking at the coaches' poll, the coaches put Auburn at 25, and Auburn lost to LSU. And the coaches have Missouri at 23. So, I mean, a little bit of just kind of who says what, but if we're going AP Top 25, which everyone uses, Mississippi State isn't a ranked team. That's what I said. Later in the season, that may change. They may creep back into the rankings, but as of right now, looking at the schedule, wins over Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Auburn 
are not going to beat wins over um, Notre Dame, Utah, Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, even the non-ranked or unranked for USC, Colorado, Cal, Washington, Arizona State. There's just more ranked opponents right now for the Trojans, so that gives them the upper hand if they run the table. That's what I'm saying. You know, when it comes down to it, you think these people who are in the room say to each other, "Condoleezza Rice is one of them." Do Do you think they Do you think they say to each other, "Uh, you know, Alabama might be more exciting to watch. We'll just throw them in." You know, they may have that one loss. USC may have just had a looked looked like a better I think team, it's but weird. you know, you know, Alabama would be more exciting. Let's I, throw them in. I they're they're that, an SEC team. We need an SEC team. Put them in there. I don't think they do it based off of that. Like, oh, we need an SEC team in there. But the way, I mean, it's kind of weird because I go back to after that Michigan game for Ohio State, and there were some people at the time thinking Ohio State should have dropped a little bit because that game was close against Michigan. Yeah, JT Barrett got hurt. There were other teams that won. But the playoff committee said, we're going to keep Ohio State where they are because we want to see what they can do with Cardell Jones. Well, we know after that, like, the rest was history. Cardell Jones came out and lit the world on fire, basically, en route to a national title. But the way I I just see it is I think we have a better view of what the playoff committee may think because of last year. Last year was totally new. It was just... We don't know what the committee is going to think. We don't know how it's going to be different than the BCS. I think that they'd be more willing to give teams breaks for closer games. Like if, let's say, Oregon beats the Trojans by three, Trojans may not fall that much. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. I think that... For both of these teams going forward, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be interesting. And I'm really, really interested to see the quarterback play for both of these teams because right now, people looked at it by the talking stats about so USC far. USC and Alabama. That's who we're talking about. Okay. That's what the podcast is all about. Okay. I think people would well, understand I, I by the I title. Mentioned order, I mentioned Oregon and they have an injury with their quarterback. I was just making sure. But I'm saying moving forward with both of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If you look where they are right now mm-hmm. and you look at both of them, you're saying, man, USC, they have got the upper hand. They are they they're good to go for the rest of the season. Some people would look at Alabama and go, man, they're gonna be shaky. Jay Coker yeah. right now, I think, needs to step it up just a little bit, but I still think he's the guy. I've been saying that since the preseason. But on the other hand, Cody Kessler, he's like 70 uh 89 passing, and he's almost thrown for a thousand yards, mm-hmm. ten touchdowns, not a single pick so far, mm-hmm. not a single pick through three games. I'm just saying, he looks really good, and there's your leader out there on the field, and he's doing a darn good job. So I think people will look at that and say, you know, Alabama's the team. Who should be worried? Not USC. Because USC's got their leader right there. They've got a guy who's poised, who's calm, collected, and especially in high-pressure situations. 
On the other side, they may see uh, Jay Coker. I don't know. You know, he tried to make a comeback the other night against Ole Miss. Didn't work. Believe he threw an interception that mm-hmm. ended the game. Broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Not really broke my heart, but worse things could have happened. Did but, it break your Tuscaloosa heart? No. No, it didn't. But I was <laughs> de- I was deeply disappointed because I really enjoy watching Alabama. I love the success that they have. I think Nick Saban's in the right spot. NFL didn't work out, but boy, is he very good. Did I say NBA? NFL? You said NFL. Oh, Okay. You did. Good. I, at first NFL. I thought I said NBA. No, like, you said NFL. I don't think the NBA would work out for Nick Saban. Can I but throw out one question I'm just to saying, you? you know, it's they're a good team, but at the same time, USC, they're also, they're, they're solid. Can I slide this in? This is about a SEC team, but it has to do with Alabama because they just beat them. Two-part question. One, do you think Ole Miss, be, just because they beat the number two team, jumped way too much jumping 12 spots in the rankings and two can you legitimately see old miss as a playoff team this season because if we're looking playoffs right now if the season ended today i know it's a short season we'd have ohio state tcu michigan state old miss baylor and notre dame first two out I do think, in, in in response to your first question, I think they jumped too high. I think that... It was just because they beat the number two team. That was it. Yeah, and so early on yeah. in the season. I think they jumped too high. To the second part of your question, however, I could see them in. They've put up a lot of points so far this season. They've got a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. And... People are going to really start to continue to talk about Ole Miss. I'm sure this next week on game day, there will probably be a special on Ole Miss to Even talk about Even though they're going to be in, I think they're in Tucson this this week for the UCLA-Arizona game. Yeah, I think that Ole Miss really has the the ability to to be a playoff team this year. Whether or not they will be, still to be determined. Way too much time before I can say something about them, but I'm going to give you two teams. You got to pick one better chance to be a playoff team. You ready? Okay. Old Miss or LSU? Ole Miss. Really, Old Miss? Ole Miss. I'm going to say LSU. You want to know why? Not only do they play Alabama, Texas Tech, they play Old Miss. Old Miss only plays two ranked opponents now after Alabama. If LSU can beat Alabama. Can beat Ole Miss, can beat Texas A&M. I mean, before that, South Carolina, Florida, not that strong in the SEC. They already beat two ranked teams in Mississippi State and Auburn. I don't know. I think are you're. Are you smelling the? Uh, no, I think you're higher on LSU than I am. LSU in the playoff. Leonard Fournette, the sophomore Heisman winner. Leonard Fournette. I mean, I don't know if he's going to come dude, down from this high he's the on. Dude I mean, just he runs. is just. All over the place he's in gonna, running the football. He's going to be the number one running back in the NFL draft in 2017. I'm calling it right now. He's going to be the number one running back in two years. And where will he go? Out. Where will he go? Houston. Houston will be looking for a replacement to the injured Arian Foster again. So he'll probably go Houston. I'm making that pick right now. The way, 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 way too early 2017 mock draft brought to you by 
Ricky Woodman here. We're going to have to remember this. <laughs> I will, man. I already said he's going to be the best running back in that draft class. But before we end the podcast, before we get on to the other thing, though, last thing, putting a final kibosh on it, better chance to make the playoffs, final verdict, Alabama, Southern Cal. I almost said UCLA again. I almost did. I'll be honest. You know, for me, I think both of these teams really good. Really good. But for me, I got to go roll tide. I have to. I have to go with Alabama. I think that they've been there. They've done that more recently than what USC has. Alabama knows what they need to do. They're going to get it done. Alabama is the playoff team when it comes to me, in my mind. USC is darn good. But again... I think one thing it comes down to is conference, SEC, over Pac-12 all the time. Listeners, we are going to need you down in the comment section to uh, help us out because I'm saying Trojans only because look at their schedule. They have more ranked teams on the schedule right now. If they run the ta- if Alabama and U- UC, uh, USC run the table right now, both this is the only game both lose for us the year. I'm voting in the Trojans just because of how many ranked teams they would have to beat just to get there. And then you got to play in the title game, which, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Old Miss and Alabama on the same side of the SEC? Aren't they on the same side? Yeah. That would mean that even if, let's say, Alabama runs the table— if Old Miss runs the table as well, well, guess what? Old Miss gets in, whereas USC, Stanford's in the north. So, I mean, if USC runs the table, they would beat Colorado, Arizona State, Utah, UCLA, Arizona. They'd get in to possibly play Oregon for a second time. So, I would put the odds at USC having the better chance, but like I said... We need you guys to uh, kind of help us out in this debate. Let us know in the comment section. Okay, before we get to our secret pick of the week for each other for our weekly pickums, we got one more topic that I thought was closed two weeks ago, but I guess it's not. Does JT Barrett need to start for the Buckeyes? No. Does he? No. You heard what Cardell Jones did after this week, right? After his benching. Did you hear about that? No. He went on Twitter and changed his Twitter bio to, I think it said, third-string quarterback, oh, wait, second-string quarterback. So he changed it to second-string quarterback after getting benched against NIU. He went 4 of 9, 36 yards, 2 INTs, got benched, and JT Barrett then went 11 of 19 for 97 yards, a touchdown and an INT. Here's here's what I think. You're gonna have a bad game. You're gonna have a bad game. No need to go onto Twitter. No need to do anything like that. You're gonna have a bad game. It's gonna happen. I don't think that all of a sudden you go, uh, gotta start someone else. Let him try and prove himself again. Mm-hmm. Get it back. If he continues to show that he's inconsistent and can't get it done then yes, maybe we revisit that topic and talk about it. But for right now, Cardell Jones 
is the starter at Ohio State, in my I'm, opinion. I'm going to throw something out here that is going to be a bigger issue once these two, Barrett and Jones, get closer to the pros rather than college. This week's incident, and yes, I'm calling it an incident, how he changed his Twitter bio after getting benched. NFL scouts look at that stuff. NFL teams look at that stuff. And I'm telling you, it it may not hurt them directly because JT Barrett will probably stay another year in college and be a starter. And Cardell's going to leave for the NFL this upcoming year. But teams may look at Cardell and go, hey, you know what? He may be, oh, look at what he did here. He may be a loose cannon. He may be immature. I'm not going to draft him. We know Lovey Smith is one of those coaches. He only wants good guys in the locker room. He doesn't want guys that are going to do anything uh, immature or bad. Where JT Barrett's just the guy that, hey, I'm going to sit in the bench with a clipboard if you want me to. I'm going to put my helmet on if you want me to. Coach, what do you want me to do? Tell me what to do and I'll do it. That's what I've seen from JT Barrett. So I know they're going to be different draft classes, but people may look at Cardell and go, okay, there may be some personal issues there. Whereas JT, when he comes out, coaches may say, okay, now that's a good guy. We need to go ahead and take him. Not only can he throw the ball, but he's the kind of guy, the kind of teammate we want on our team. Yeah, I agree with you. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. I agree with you. He shouldn't have done that at all. That was very stupid. Immature. Immature. But this week, who starts for you against Western Michigan? Well, this week is Cardale Jones. You still think so? You still starting Cardale? I'm still starting Cardale Jones. I told you I I give him another week, see if he can get it back. If he, again, is having interception issues, if he's having the yips, (laughs) <laughs> he, he's 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 on the bench the and yips. and uh, JT Barrett is the guy because you know if he then comes in and does really well you're gonna have to go back and forth with it. who's got the hot hand stuff like that I don't want to do that I mm-hmm. want to be able to stick with one guy have a guy there to be able to back up back him up mm-hmm. but for me Cardale Jones is my starter this week but if he has problems he's gonna find himself on the bench okay Time to, and if you're new to the Primetime Podcast, what we do is we have our video that's our weekly pick'em video. However, there's a sixth and secret game that you can only get by, oh, what you're doing right now, listen to the podcast. How it works is I have a game for Brandon. He does not know what game I am going to give him. He is going to do the same for me. I don't know what game is coming out of Brandon. Brandon, you gave me your game first last time, right? Or did I give you mine first last week? You gave yours. Then to you me give first. give me my game first this week. What do you got for me? Okay, what for game? you. Hit me, big guy. Hit it's gonna me. be on ESPN two. Okay. Does that does that does that narrow it down for you? Illinois mid ten. No. Okay. okay. What do you got for me? Mississippi State at Auburn. Oh, this is ooh. Um. Damn. I'm going to go more cowbell on this one. Auburn, to me, is done. I mean, almost lost Jacksonville State. They lose to LSU. I'll ride your boy Dak Prescott, even though I feel like he's not as good as he was last year. 
I'll go ahead and ride your boy Dak Prescott to a win in uh, week number four. All right. Your game. We talked about them today. USC at Arizona State. And believe it or not, this is not a hard pick for me. The line right now is Trojans by six. This is not a hard Trojans pick. Trojans are a six-point favorite. This is not a hard pick for me. I'm going to say Cody Kessler and company get the job done, and Kessler throws for four touchdowns. Still, no INTs. So you think it's going to be an easy win for Arizona State? I just threw this one at you because you mentioned it earlier how, oh, that, this could be a— this could be an interesting game for uh, the Trojan. I wanted to wanted to throw it back at you, see if you'd go with. Oh, I think oh, the it, Trojans are done. They're, they're, I think it, no, I think it will be an interesting game. I think that's going to be high scoring. I don't think the Trojans are done by any mm-hmm. means, but I think that Alabama is going to be the one out of the two of them to come out looking a little bit better. Well, this is going to do it. This is the end of the primetime podcast. I want to thank you guys for checking out this week's episode. Go ahead and. Leave a comment down below in the comment section about anything that we talked about today. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Brandon's at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Pod is at. Our Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. If if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe button. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead and hit that follow button. Also, make sure to check out all the happenings at MostValuablePodcast.com. Your one-stop shop for everything MVP. I want to thank you guys again for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.